think it is an accurate uh, that is an accurate way to characterize his government. Um, neoliberal, I think, is is a in, you know corresponds to somebody who, like Ortega, has presided over a government that at this point has uh, one of the third highest foreign direct investment to GDP ratios in Latin America. Um, in other words, there have been you know massive changes that he's uh, undertaken to labor laws, tax laws, environmental laws, uh, extractive laws, or i.e. mining legislation that enables that kind of uh, very intense um, foreign direct investment in the country. Um, and uh, and so he's, he's very much participating in the, the, uh, the neoliberal, the globalization neoliberal sort of program in the world. Um, and at the same time, um, it's also uh, accurate to say that he does put on a left-wing face. Um, the material gains for the poorest of Nicaraguans can't be denied in Nicaragua, but they're very uneven. Um, he undertook a number of pro-poor policies in the last 11 years that have been enabled, of course, by oil money from Venezuela that uh, entered Nicaragua in a parallel kind of way, parallel to the government. Um, and with the entrance to ALBA um, uh, has the appearance of, of being part of a, of a Latin American socialist alliance. Um, but it is, a, you know, it is a program of state capitalism. Um, so I think you could probably characterize it, his government as being a neoliberal government, uh, participating in uh, the kinds of reforms and, and programs that a neoliberal government takes part in. It's a state. It's also state capitalism. Uh, it's also populist, and it's also authoritarian. And finally, I think you could characterize it probably by him ensuring a family dynasty. Um, by the constitutional changes that have been made by his government. You co-wrote what struck me as an excellent and very detailed account of the protest movement against the Ortega government. In it, you wrote, and I quote, the current wave of protests began in early April when university students supported by the environmentalist movement launched three separate national protests, calling themselves the autoconvocados, or the self-assembled or self-organised. They were initially responding to what they saw as government negligence in putting out widespread fires that had raged for over a week. At the same time, Ortega passed austerity reforms to the country's pension fund without consultation and the focus quickly shifted, end quote. Tell us about the autoconvocados, how they were established and what they're fighting for. Well, the autoconvocados literally means self-organised, as as best as we can interpret it in in English, I think. Um, and, you know, going back to just thinking about it, it is, as is anywhere in the world, it is usually the urban youth who, who light the sparks of discontent, if you will. The students of Nicaragua are, are um, uh, a mixed group. Um, there are, uh, in, amongst university students, there are highly privileged students, uh, those who can pay, who mostly go to the many, the dozens of private universities in the country, and there are many of those who are on state scholarships in the public universities. The history of the autoconvocados seems to reside in the public university students, um, though they have gained some support from private university students over time. So as mentioned in the article, um, students were, you know, began to again hit the streets after a an extensive fire in a very important biosphere in the country 
was being neglected or what they interpreted as being neglected by, by the government. And angered by that, they were already in the streets when the social security uh, reforms were uh, put in place. So they quickly joined with other students and hit the streets in changing from sort of a hashtag of, of uh, you know, students in SOS India Mais, which was the name of the bio, biosphere, to uh, SOS Inc. And that, that meant that there were, there were old tactics of them joining with pensioners to protest the, the uh, pension reforms. When those happened, um, and they were met with even more brutal repression than what they had been in 2013, I think it caught people off guard and, um, and angered people that were, that were ready to hit the streets. The movement quickly grew into five uh, additional groups, at least five additional groups that sprang up in other public universities of the country. And um, you know, one of the main ones being the Movimiento Estudiantil 19 de Abril, which is basically a student movement that, in addition to other, you know, five other groups, that eventually came to call themselves the University Coalition. But it's really, it, it, it really sprang from a, fair, a, a rather non-ideological group, a group that did not have a, a clear leadership structure or organizational structure, and they've been kind of organizing on the fly, in a way. Um, they did not, and, and when I say non-ideological, I think this is an important point because there was not really a clear political program to what it was that they were doing. They were protesting first uh, an environmental cause, then they were protesting, then some of them were protesting the pensions. Then quickly, they just were protesting the violence that was going on and naming Ortega as the uh, principal cause of that um, violence and so there was not, you know, per se anything other than than spontaneous protests going on, but they they when the repression continued, they started to talk to each other, and when the national dialogue was called, realized that they were going to have to have to have some kind of process of of, of choosing leaders in order to sit at that table. So, uh, kind of spontaneously and by necessity, they'd been organizing without necessarily having a you know a clear leadership structure from the beginning at this point i would say that they are fighting for uh, unanimously fighting for a cease to the repression you've asked what they were fighting for that's uh, that's been a demand from the beginning and for ortega to call for early elections and step down now, we've grown used to seeing democracy movements around the world manipulated or in some cases more or less orchestrated whole cloth by the imperialist powers. I'm thinking, for instance, of the infamous so-called colour revolutions in Eastern Europe. You've mentioned the spontaneity of the protest movement and from everything you've said, it sounds like there's a great deal of legitimacy to the protest movement. Nevertheless, this backdrop of astroturf movements, quasi-democracy movements, folk democracy movements around the world has meant that some commentators are very sceptical about it. Indeed, some are quick to dismiss the movement in Nicaragua as even a CIA plot to topple the Ortega government, replace it with a pliable climate regime. Where does the truth really lie, do you think? Well, because I think, the, you know, there was, there in the, at the beginning with the student movement, the, they were spontaneous, they were reacting to repression, they were non-ideological and so forth. But 
there's always any kind of, and, and because they were met with such repression, it sort of sparked a whole bunch of other uh, people into supporting them. So a really kind of unlikely alliance came forward. The Civic Alliance is, is, an, uh, is an alliance of the private sector. It's an alliance of students. It's an alliance of, of uh, uh, you know, so-called workers and, 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 and social movements, such as the feminist movements in Nicaragua, such as uh, movements on the Atlantic coast, um, Afro-Caribbean movements, and so forth. So it's, it, it's an unlikely alliance in many ways. And that, I think, has you know, led some people's eyebrows to be raised as to why would they be uh, you know, uh, forming a, such an alliance at this time? Um, could there be something behind this? And, and so there, you know, there have been suspicions raised that the whole thing was a plot from the United States um, uh, some uh, commentators have uh, mentioned the monies that have flowed into Nicaragua through agencies like USAID towards things like, uh, you know, youth leadership development and wondering if there were, in fact, you know, ulterior motives to that kind, those kinds of uh, monies, the National Endowment for Democracy and the millions that they poured into it. Well, historically, that's always happened in Nicaragua. And I don't think when you pour money into youth leadership development, you can actually determine in which direction that's going to go. So I think that it's erroneous and incomplete to consider the the entire uprising as having been cooked from outside of the country. There were many you know, reasons from within the country for, for people to rise together against the Ortega regime. Now, that's not to say that... that there aren't also reasons why in, in, during a chaos that, that, as happens everywhere in the world, that there are not forces ready to jump on the bandwagon and try to get as much out of it as they can. And that would include, of course, the traditional capitalist class in, class in Nicaragua, which wants to uh, benefit from, from anything that comes out of this. They've kind of had a cooling off of relations with Ortega and they're looking for someone who's more pliable. So they may see now that their their uh, interests may be better served by having Ortega step down, and that their interest in joining into the Civic Alliance, rather than any kind of clear left platform that's an alternative to the kind of socialism that that Ortega has been purporting to to take you know, to to carry out. So I think there there are a number of different considerations, but I reject the idea that this that this is somehow an external plot because there, there are too many, there's, there's too much evidence in, 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 that counters that. And there are too many good reasons why people were already angry in the country when this repression started that would make them have their own reasons for joining. Finally, Laurie Hansen, where do you see the anti-government movement going in Nicaragua? Is the stage set for a protracted period of violence, even low-level civil war? Or could there be a peaceful transition to some sort of progressive social change? Well, there are definitely signs that this is going to be a protracted struggle. I don't want to call it a civil war. I think that's erroneous to call it a civil war for the reasons you know mentioned. There are not two sides that are equally armed that have clear clear and opposing platforms that are fighting against each other here. This is a very uneven struggle. There's one side that's that's fully armed and well organized and so forth, and that's that's Ortega with with the forces of the police and the army behind him. And there are those in civil society for a number of their own reasons that have joined in to a civic alliance that's fighting against the repression that's going on 
and that increasingly want to see Ortega out of power. Naomi Klein, who's a Canadian who became famous for her work called The Shock Doctrine, details how crises are being utilized by right-wing forces to re- are utilized by right-wing forces to reorganize states. Um, I believe this crisis is being worked in the same way, um, but that is different from delegitimating the democratic impulse that's being expressed by Nicaraguans who are repulsed by the repression of the students and of their allies. We have to remember that of the 300 who are now dead, the majority of them are the youth. They are the ones who are putting their bodies on the line, whether or not they are clear about their own uh, about the, their platform or whether or not they agree with each other. That's, that is a reality that's going on. I believe that the true way forward is for those who are from the uh, more progressive left to work together with workers and with rural people to create an alternative to Ortega, but that that's a a long process. The left in in Latin America, or the left in particularly in in Nicaragua, has been purposefully and systematically silenced and, and incapacitated in a sense for being able to form some kind of um, concrete and uh, either party-led or movement-led uh, strong opposition to the government. And so that that's a process that's going to take a long time.